With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Steeler. Fury. You are listening to the Pittsburgh Steelers show on the SteelerFury.com network. I'm your host, Bradshaw Ben, a.k.a. Accidental Zen on Twitter, a.k.a. Will Massasek, a.k.a. the guy in rainy Los Angeles. Very strange. The home of the Los Angeles Chargers. You may have heard of them. They played a football game against the Pittsburgh Steelers. Um, We'll talk about that more in a second, unfortunately. Also with us to talk about that um, from... One of the adjacent zones to Pittsburgh Suburban Zone 22. He's still perched. He's with us. How are you, sir? Uh, Pittsburgh 34, Oakland 24. In case you didn't catch on, I just fall started. But, hey, that's allowed now. <laughs> well, I'm going to go for a touchdown then. Uh, and also with us from uh, the chilly willy south. I don't know if that's a figuratively chill or the actually chill. Uh, that would be... Uh, FC, he's with us. How are you, sir? I'm going to try to avoid false starting, but I'm all right. (laughs) I'm going to try not to knock the interception out of your hands. Hey. Hey. Uh, (laughs) So, Birch, um, you get the the enviable task of uh, going first to talk about this game. Um, You know, Sunday Night Football, final score, Pittsburgh Steelers 30, San Diego uh, 17, and the NFL 16. What did you make of that result? So, so help me make sure I have all my facts straight here. You have one of your two primetime games of the week. So you assign an officiating crew who just weeks earlier had to fire the line judge for blatantly missing calls. Is that accurate? Yeah. Accurate. Okay, except, okay. For except for you'd like to forget, but there's three primetime games a week. But otherwise, you're on a roll. Keep going. Yeah, Thursday doesn't count. I mean, nobody watches that crap, except for (laughs) us degenerates. (laughs) Anyway, so four times in the first half, the offensive tackles for San Diego, not just false start, but get two complete steps into their pass set before the ball snapped. And I've not heard a thing from the NFL yet about anybody being fired or disciplined for that. It just... It blows my mind. How do you how do you play when they're allowed? I mean, are you then allowed to false start? It just that whole thing. I mean, you could sit there watching it. Everybody who's watching the game in real time sees the guy standing up, kicking back, backslide two steps, and it just yeah, you know, no no excuse on the play. You know, Mike Hilton should have had better coverage on that long touchdown pass. But what a massive swing in that game! And it just anything that you know, anytime the Steelers are rolling. I just turn to whoever I'm sitting watching the game with and say, wait, just keep watching. We're going to find new and inventive ways 
to allow at least, if not lose the game, allow that 15, 20 point lead to disintegrate down to a tie to come down to win at the last second. For, you know, the Sean Davis play looked inexcusable to me real time at the angle that they did it. If you watch it from the opposite end zone camera, Davis watches the quarterback and the ball the entire time. He thought he was making a play on the ball and didn't realize that he was running straight straight into Joe Hayden. And then for that ball to then not just carry him backwards the way that he was running or to fall harmlessly to the ground, for that thing to then kick vertically into the air was ridiculous. And then it's not only vertically, not, but right into his right into Keenan Allen's hands. I mean, they barely had to move. Crazy. Unbelievable. And then for that to happen, and then, you know, if you watch the the first missed field goal, uh, boy, you got to do a lot of convincing of me that the Steelers were offside. If you look, there was a an angle that was played straight down the, you know, basically down the, the, the sideline where it shows that, you know, the long snapper takes the ball, rolls his wrist completely inward before he snaps it. So on that inward roll, Hayden and the guys who were called for being offsides, that's when they move. They move on his movement. But he's not called for a false start and they're called for offsides, you know, against uh, basically a, a fill-in kicker who's already missed big kicks in, in pressure situations. It just was, I mean, we've seen and we've talked about over the years a ton of colossal fuck-ups by the Steelers and improbable things that happen that allow them to either lose a game or nearly lose a game. This one may top them all. So I just, I mean, the way that they played it as well as they played, they should have won that game by 20 points and they lost. It's just, it's hard yeah. to even comprehend. Yeah. I mean, that's kind of what I was getting at with that score. It's like, it felt like it. I mean, I agree with you. I can't remember. I was trying the other night to remember uh, a, a, an entire game where it seemed like it went that many calls uh, in the wrong direction at the wrong times, especially in a game where the Steelers played so well. Um, I mean, there's still we we still have five blown calls to talk about. You haven't even hit on yet. FC, what? Uh, I mean, did you? What was your reaction? Let me ask you that first, because like the pre, you know the previous week, I was I was pretty laid back about the loss. Like I, it was not a good loss, but on the other hand. I kind of accepted that like sometimes it just goes the other way. But this this thing was really frustrating. I mean, we Perch and I were like yelling at each other after this game on Twitter. What was your take? I was pissed. Real pissed. Um, I felt cheated, which I'm a bad loser. I'm not a horrible loser. I'm a bad loser. But if you cheat me, if I feel cheated and I'm a loser, oh, ho, ho. It's a whole different animal. I, I agree with Perch. Actually, picked up on some of the more the 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 false snap simulation of a snap where the long snapper rolled his wrist. It would be correct. Um, I completely agree. It should have been either that's his snapping motion and the field goal is no good, or at the very least, should have been moved back five more yards. Um, I'm going to move away from the horrible refereeing, and um, you got to remember, we allowed a punt return for a touchdown. Questionable well, sorts, two of them. No, they actually, the second one, the Brian Allen thing was bad because they had just called Brian Allen on the other way. When he was, when he was in, uh, on the punt return team, they just called him for almost exactly the same 
kind of uh, block in the back. So it's double standard as far as that one is concerned. But the one on um, the full on the Rosie Nix was crazy. Even the even the territory was like, yeah, you know, that one's a ba- that's a blown call. <laughs> you know? right. Like even when the, the pundits are like, yeah, they kind of missed that one. So yes, you gave up. You gave up a punt return. Keep going because I know where you're headed with this. Okay. Um, and now we're going to get to the fun parts because I'm just going to divert. I'm going to go to the defensive coordinator. I'm going to spend about five seconds on this. I think everybody knows um, that you got to put uh, somebody other than a linebacker on Keenan Allen. Um, San Diego didn't do nothing special. They, they didn't do nothing different than New England did when they go to their 11 personnel, two tight ends. They moved to split a tight end out. We waste a corn on him cornerback on him and we decided to play an outside linebacker and inside linebacker on Keenan Allen in the slot instead of moving a corner I don't care if you don't want to fucking put Joe Hayden on him and you want to you know put you know anybody outside of Artie Burns on the roster on Keenan Allen that's a defensive back I'll even accept a safety but that wasn't happening uh that got to change um it's something that's four or five years in the making we consistently have the same issues and they don't learn um it's just bad enough for me where I'm talking about if you can't fire Butler, then you fire Tomlin. If he won't fire Butler. Um, and I've been very pro Mike Tomlin. I believe he's going to make the playoffs this year and all that. But the, the reasons I feel for disgust is basically what you guys said, where it's the better team didn't win again this week. I believe the Steelers are the better team. And, uh, you know, they, a combination of the – Company, meaning the NFL and the referees, and uh, this bad just football from a coaching aspect from the Steelers. I might even get on Ben for leading the NFL in turnovers. Yeah, but it's something we should probably get at soon. Uh, well, we can talk about that. FC, I'm going to do something that's extremely rare in the history of the podcast. What's I'm going to totally disagree. I'm going to totally disagree with you. Um, oh. I've been fighting this fight for three days now. Um, awesome. I I think the strategy of of uh, letting Keenan Allen have the underneath throws against zone defense in the middle of the field between the twenties, and then tightening up in the red zone was actually a, a pretty damn good strategy because he did a lot less damage against those linebackers that nobody wanted to see covering him, or the linebackers in conjunction with the corners in the zone than he did uh, against our actual corners when the corners were matched up on him. He had a huge play against Sensabaugh. He had a, a, a play where he made Mike Hilton completely turn a 360 and ended up going the other direction when Mike Hilton uh, you know, tried to cover How him across the field. How many times did lined up in the slot for said plays? I think approximately, approximately he, was, he was lined up in a slot about 10 or 11 times and covered by a linebacker or, or a, a zone where a linebacker was in that zone nine times. They got 70 right. yards. The, you well, know, to me – to me, the, well, I agree with where you're first. going, and I read where you're going. I'm, what I'm going to quickly say is, guess what? If that cornerback's on there and Philip Rivers gets to hold the ball a quarter second more, he sacked five more times in that game. Yeah, especially right. Jay Wall yeah. had him on the last play. But I, I was just about to say, to me, the, the play call that I had a problem with was, I mean, I had two coaching problems in this game. Uh, you know, the uh, challenging the spot, which we can get to later, because that didn't really, the, the, the risk-reward to that was the, completely out of whack. Um, but before we even get to that one, my other problem was the last play call. And to me, the reason people are so hung up on uh, the Keenan Allen versus the linebacker thing was the first play where everybody's whipping boy, uh, but Dupree is the one who has the zone coverage. Uh, and, the, and the last play where, you know, they, the coaching staff, I guess, 
and as I as did I thought that there was a real possibility the way that San Diego had been running the ball in the second half that they might try to run it there on third and a short four and uh, with with Jackson and so they put uh, John Bostic back in the game I, I'm I'm actually okay with that part of the decision my problem that I have is but then you can't call a blitz that leaves John Bostic on a you know in in isolation against a good you know, a fantastic wide receiver in the slot. That being said, they, they, they didn't play the coverage right. You know, all night long, Bostic and the inside linebackers have inside leverage, and they push that guy out towards the corner who has the outside flats. And this time, the corner abandoned the flats, and therefore Keenan Allen, once he caught the ball, heading towards the sideline, had a two-way go to make the first down. So if you, if you play that right on, on, you know, excuse me, it was third and five, if you play that right, then – the guy might not get five yards, probably doesn't, even against Bostic in the slot. So to me, the, the, like that, it isn't just like during the course of the game, I don't think Keenan Allen really did any damage. He caught a fluke touchdown that should have been an interception. Otherwise, okay, move the six a couple of times. But considering what that guy has done against the rest of the league, he averages, he averages like 13 and a half yards a catch and eight plus yards a target. Against the linebackers, he got, you know, seven yards a catch and basically did nothing except for pick up that last first down that was crucial in the game. So that, that's all I'm trying to say. I, I, don't, I don't mind the strategy. I feel like you look at the scoreboard and what they actually did, keeping him down, that they, uh, they were pretty successful in, in slowing down that, that uh, Chargers offense. And I'm, I will end my rant, and I'll give you the last word on it, FC. Um, uh, it gave Cindy, you had to take it away, or you at least had to make them do something different. Um, it gave San Diego momentum, which gave them hope, which gave them a chance, which gave them belief, which led to a Steelers loss. You got you, I, you, the, San Diego, or there we go. Los Angeles Chargers have to do something <laughs> different to beat me than just sit there and pitch and catch with Keenan Allen and get seven, get six, get nine. And I understand where you're coming from. And, but at the end of the day, it was a loss. And I would have liked to see them beat us some other way. Agreed. Uh, what, it well, go ahead, Perch. Yeah, I was going to say, what, how's the old saying go? Defend everything, defend nothing. Correct. You got to, you got to pick and choose your battles there. And how, you know, before I, I, I have a hard time jumping on Keith Butler for for what he did in that game, for the simple fact that if Burnett and Sutton, is, you know, the next two inside, you know, defensive back defenders, were not hurt in that game, I think that the defensive strategy looks quite a bit different. One of those guys are defending Keelan Allen the whole game instead of your, your backup linebacker. So to me, I think that that was, was a big piece. I don't think that they trust, you guys said to throw another safety on him. I don't think they trusted Marcus Allen, you know, and if you ask our uh, resident expert on Marcus Allen B2B over there, he can't cover anyway, so he wouldn't have done any better. <laughs> which is, uh, is what our, our inside linebackers did. So to me, that was basically, I think, what they looked at. They trusted the run-stopping ability of the linebacker. They trusted, you know, didn't trust uh, basically a rookie who'd be playing his first real defensive NFL action to cover Keenan Allen. So they went with what they went with. I understand the strategy sucked and it didn't work, but I, I just have a difficult time being overly, overly hard on the defensive coordinator because of what he had to work with. And I'll throw one other thing in while we're talking defense. Man, Antonio Gates is probably the slowest, most unathletic <laughs> tight end in the NFL. And God bless him. He's a Hall of Famer, one of the best ever. For him to outrun Artie Burns on a very basic route for a very important two-point conversion in that game, 
was a fucking embarrassment. And that dude, I tell you what, other than some injuries, I would give serious, serious thought to cutting him after that game. You can't give that play up. And it was effort. And he's fast. He's a, he's a hell of an athlete and a fast guy and a fast cover corner. My God, is he checked out. I mean, he's got to go after this offseason. I mean, there, there's no – at this point, he's gone from being, hey, maybe he's not a starter to maybe he's not very good to, you know, maybe he's a bust to he needs to be off the roster. And that, that's how – I mean, I mean, I'm thinking he needs to develop a phantom injury right now because, you know, if you've got to bring in another – I mean, once, once this uh, – Connor is back and you, and you maybe take this running back off the roster or make a roster move of some kind, it's not entirely out of the question that – that they, you know, if they're not going to use him, and I can tell you right now, they're not going to trust to use him the rest of the season if they don't have to. Why would they? You know, he's he, developing a phantom injury and going on IR would be about the best thing that could happen to that guy. Uh, anyway, uh, either of you guys uh, concerned about the fact that in the first half of this game, the, the Steelers completely shut down the run, and the second half of the game couldn't stop the run? And the FC, I'll throw that to you. No. Not as much because uh, Josh Jackson actually popped three or four good runs on the Steelers. And I understand they came at just the worst of times, but the Steelers were rattled. I'm more concerned about not the way they played the run. It wasn't the effort. Um, It was more deer-in-the-headlights type of rattled that – look that I got from the defense, like, here we go again type of thing, that has me far more concerned than the actual play versus the run. I mean, yeah, Stewart yeah. blew another 16-fucking-point lead. Now, I understand special teams and a miracle play. Sean Davis was running around trying to kill, kill everything moving the entire drive before he ran into Joe Hayden. I'm not going to give Sean Davis the – but if, if anybody – Listen, go watch that entire drive and watch, watch Sean Davis try to absolutely annihilate Josh Jackson twice in the running game. I mean, Jack Tatum-like annihilate. Yeah. Chuck Cecil. <laughs> Chuck Cecil reference. Excellent. Yeah. Well, okay. Uh, I mean, I, I guess I wanted to say people were – I say people. Steelers fans, you know, the most spoiled fans on earth right now. Uh, we're ready to just completely throw that defense under the bus. They suck. Coaching sucks. Blah, blah, blah. Chicklo injured. Dupree injured. TJ Watt injured. Yeah, Steven Tewitt is say, coming back. I mean. Even, even with all that, I mean, like, they, they really, they gave up under 20 legit points to a top, I'm going to say top, right. the third best offense in the NFL. So I, I don't really have a big problem with that. At, at least five. At least five. Right. Um, anyway, all right. So, Perch, let's move on the other side. I mean, here we are. We're at that. We're at the hypothetical moment where that we've talked about all year. Um, that it seemed almost inevitable if you know Steelers history that James Conner is going to miss a game uh, at least. Uh, and and here we are. We're you know I I have been I have been uh, on the bullish side about Jalen Samuels and now we're going to find out. You know uh, what do you what do you think about? James Conner's performance in this game, an injury, and uh, where this leaves us. You miss Le'Veon Bell now? <laughs> Honestly, though, I mean, when the when some of the stories started to come leaking out after, you know, Bell didn't sign, Steelers made concerted efforts, and the only sticking point was 
The only reason Le'Veon Bell's not in the Steelers uniform today, the Steelers would not waive the right to uh, put the transition tag on him after the season. So, I mean, to me, you have to know exactly what you're going to do. To me, the only reason you keep that is if you are dead set on still trying to keep Le'Veon Bell on your roster for next year. That's right. Uh, so I honestly think they're going to try and bring him back. I think that they're going to try and see what the, the actual market – I think that the Steelers look at the market and say what we've offered him was as good or better than what he'll get on the open market. And if we've got that transition tag, we may even get him cheaper than what we'd offered him. And I think that they, they still want him. Okay, but, I mean, Perch, we, hey, let me interrupt you for just one second. The inverse of that is the only reason for that to be a sticking point for Le'Veon Bell – is that he doesn't want to come back. Um, yeah. I mean, to me, if you've seen any of the Twitter stuff with him where he's uh, been liking and, and uh, making comments to everything the Colts say, what happens if Le'Veon Bell goes out and signs a deal with the Colts in the offseason and the Steelers with the transition tag, match it and retain it, and then he decides to hold out again and re retire, or he knows what he's going to do. So I think that thing's a long way from being over. Um, to me, the whole thing reeks of collusion. For him to be flirting openly with the Indianapolis Colts on Twitter, I don't know if you guys have followed that at all or not, but just even dating back to you know last year, it almost tells me that uh, you know for him to have held out this year, it, it almost tells me that there's been some sort of conversation between Bell's agent and the Colts that said, "Hey, don't sign that Steelers offer. We think we could do you one better uh, next offseason if he hits free agency." So. I just, I don't know, I think there's a lot going on there. But as far as this week, boy, what's the most carries Jalen Samuels has ever had in a game in college? I mean, is it 12, 13? So for him, I, I, you know, I've always liked him as kind of a third down back, uh, a guy who can block, a guy who can catch, a guy who could do some limited carries. I don't think he's going to be able to carry the load. I think it's going to be a lot more close to 50-50 this week, uh, splitting between those two. You know, I may look really bad at the end of the week because the Raiders' run defense is atrocious, and maybe Jalen Samuels goes off for 20 carries and a buck 50. But, um, you know, I think that they're going to rely more heavily on Ben in the passing game, and they're going to split that load quite evenly between the two backs um, and, and mix them in with some passes as well. I mean, FC, one thing I, I noted watching Samuels' uh, tape at North Carolina State the one, the one thing he does in the run game very, very well is run the stretch play. The Steelers don't run it that much. They actually have been running a lot more trapping power football. Do you think that might change a little bit this week? They're probably going to let Samuels have the pick of the runs that he's comfortable with. He probably is going to, you know, both he and Ridley, they probably, you know, do things, certain things better. So then maybe even John Connor or Bell, if it's their game, I'm sure that, you know, Mike Munchak and, you know, Fick have approached both backs and said, hey, you know, what do you like? What do you feel comfortable with? It's just, that's just smart coaching. And they probably, uh, you know, they're going to do those things in the game. On to the Le'Veon Bell issue. The day, that Tuesday expiration date, when Le'Veon Bell didn't sign, I believe the Steelers had to immediately, you know, search out another option to have on the roster. I mean, I'm not going to attack Colbert, you know, or the, or the scouting staff too much, but you know, you, you, you're putting a lot of belief in, you know, Ridley and Samuels and, you know, maybe they know something that we don't, but it would be nice to have another option 
you know. Um, Mike Anderson would have been, but he's a little bit spent. Um, I like Jalen Samuels at the, as a super back at NC State. He took a ton of big shots. He didn't put the ball on the carpet, you know, so we, we shall see. Hopefully this is a one-week thing. Whenever I see John Connor grabbing halfway up his shin, whenever that happened, I said immediately, high ankle sprain. I think this is going to be more sure. than a one-week injury. I think this is going to be closer to maybe a three- or four-week injury, depending on swelling and pain tolerance. I mean, the right, thing is, that. FC, they reported – go ahead. Go ahead, Arch. I was I'm just going to jump I'll be in over there. here. Uh, yeah, sorry. I just jumped in there real quick on Jalen Sanders. <laughs> uh, the number of times he carried the ball more than ten times in a game in college. Anybody have, have a guess? Three. Uh, one. Be one. He carried the ball 12 times one game. Other than that, he never carried it more than eight times in a game. That is your new starting NFL running back on a Super Bowl contending team, which is Although, don't for- is malpractice. <laughs> you know? Don't forget, though, Perch, they did have an NFL running back playing in, you know, in front of them, essentially. Well, yeah, I mean, but how many times have we been here coming to the playoffs where Jerome Bettis takes a shot in the leg and, and can't go into a playoff game because he's in pain and, and takes a shot? It's early, baby. Yeah, I mean, so that, that game – uh, Mendenhall hurt and missing time. Willie Parker hurt and missing time. Bell hurt and missing yep. time. Where you're signing guys off the street as you get to the playoffs. It, it, the NF and Tomlin in that consistent drubbing of his, we're gonna run them till the wheels fall off. Well, Tom Tomlin, dude, the wheels fall off every fucking year. And let, let's, I mean, go back to James Conner for a minute. They were running James Conner in the preseason pretty extensively to get a good look at him to get him prepared and ready, assuming Le'Veon Bell would be there week one. James Conner's already ran a season worth of, of runs. <laughs> he played four preseason games and got pretty good licks and pretty good runs in in those games. This is a guy who hardly ran at all the season before. In, in the last couple of weeks, his body language and his actions on the field, he looks like a guy who's spent. I honestly think that this injury, if it takes him out of the game for two or three weeks, Let's his body heal. Maybe a blessing in disguise long term. Granted, if the Steelers actually win the division and make the playoffs, because he's Great. toast. I mean, at this point, we're resigned to a three or four. We're playing in the in the opening round. Just hope that uh, the Ravens lose a game or two, and 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 we, uh, you know, hold on to win the division and get that first round at home. But he's spent, and in this offseason, if they cannot retain Le'Veon Bell, I I firmly believe they need to spend a top three pick on another running back, just because you're going to wear these guys down. And if they want to be stubborn and run their starter until the wheels fall off, you better have a pretty good number two that's going to be your playoff guy. Or you could be smart, at like a lot like Atlanta, even Cleveland, some of these teams now, are running two and three backs. They each get 150, 200 carries during the season, and, that's, and they're both reasonably healthy for, for the playoffs. You can't go into a season with, I mean, I like Jalen Samuels as a prospect and a player. I don't think he's a number two running back in the NFL. I don't think he ever will be unless he dramatically changes his body and, and, and improves over, you know, what he's shown through college. I just don't think he's an every down runner. I think he's a, 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 a nice player to have and an extra weapon, but they're in a, in a really tight spot. Fortunately, with against Oakland, I think they'll be able to run or throw with no matter who they have. But the week after, when we start playing, you know, go play the Pats without a running game, uh, they're going to they're gonna chew you up. Uh, same thing with with New Orleans. So it's it's they're they're in a pretty tight spot here. Yeah, I mean, I think it's I think you're right that they do have to 
spend some uh, capital on it next year. And it's probably, probably what's behind them really wanting to keep Bell is that they would really like to have Bell and Connor as a two-headed thing. Um, but I also think, you know, it's possible that you could – I mean, a lot. most teams have a guy like that that they got after round two, you know, three, four, five, even later than that in the draft. Running backs, it just feels like you can find guys that you don't need them to be necessarily Bell cows, but you need them to be a perfect number two. Man, there's a lot of guys like that out there. I don't understand why it's it's been so hard for us. On the other hand, FC, I'll throw this to you. Stephen Ridley, Stephen Ridley is a uh, he's not the most foot on Madden. Like his football awareness score would be super low, uh, and the fumbles are an issue. But other than that, he's actually a pretty good runner. I think as you know, if you just separate him out, not as a football player, but as like you hand him the ball and he runs. You're here. Yeah, here, kid, hit this hole, take the ball. Uh, I don't, I don't mind him so much as a temporary option to get a lot of carries. What do you think? He protects the football. No, I. He he's explosive, decent, decent size. Not tallest guy, but he's stout. Um, and boy, can he cut two, three. He, I'm, I'm not. He's not Barry Sanders, but he can cut. He, I mean, he has good feet and. Uh, He's had success in the league. I believe he rushed from his 3,000 yards his first three years in the NFL, maybe a little bit underneath there. But, I mean, he he just – the fumbles have been an issue. And age, you know, as you said, a lot of teams draft running backs. They find running – Aaron Jones, late-round draft pick, you know. It's, it's, it's a common thing. Mike Davis is on his third team. You know, he he's in the part of three-headed monster now in Seattle, but he, I believe he's on his third NFL team. Um, the Steelers have to, you know, draft and find a little bit better. Any of you Penn State fans out there, remember Jalen Moore from Appalachian State? I believe he hung about 250, 275 total yards on Penn State week two. He's available in this year's draft. Pretty decent player. Well, there you go. Yeah, Penn, uh, Penn State fans, uh, do we have any in the – <laughs> Do we have any around here? Um, you had to remind him. Boy, he rubbed salt in the wound first. That wasn't no, very I nice. No, I did not. Penn State beat up State. So, no, if they did not, I wouldn't have brought that up. <laughs> yeah, it's not like the old Michigan thing. So we, no, we no. If he was a Michigan fucking fan, that would have been brought up multiple times. <laughs> State, man. Every week. <laughs> I tell you what, though. I mean, App State was ranked 25th at one point this year in the polls. I don't know where they are They play now. good football. That, they, when, they, when they beat Michigan, they were not ranked 25th. No, You're right. They, they weren't known then, but they, they've always got athletes, man. That's one of those sneaky schools that picks up a lot of guys that maybe some Division One schools wouldn't touch for some academic or uh, other reasons. Uh, but they've always got, they've got athletes down there. So – it's just like Central Florida. I mean, you think, oh, you lost to Central Florida. That's a pretty targeted football program coming up, too, that uh, people just don't quite recognize. There's a lot worse places to be than Orlando, let me tell you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, seriously. I mean, Florida, Florida State, Miami can only take so many kids. And, and right. all those kids maybe don't want to leave the state. Uh, they're gonna, that's going to be a program on the rise, I think. Yeah, it seems like it. Um, well, We've totally gotten off stream, but it's okay. It's, it's our yeah. show. We can do whatever we want. Um, so o- Oakland's – I mean, for all the talk about how bad Oakland's run defense is and how bad Oakland is in general, blah, 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 uh, I, I, I noticed they only lost by seven last week to uh, a decent, you know, better than good 
Kansas City team. So, I mean, you know, in the worst case, FC, do you, you see this being, uh, or I should say Perch, eh, it doesn't matter. FC, I'll throw it to you. In the worst case, FC, is it going to be a close game, is it not? The Raiders play hard for Gruden. They're going to play hard at home. Ben's never won here. Um, I don't think it's a matter of what the Raiders do. I think it's more of a matter of how the Steelers play. And I know that sounds arrogant, but there's the Raiders are very limited. They're very injured. Doug Martin's going to play. We'll see how good he is. Um, I mean, Jordy Nelson on the outside is a little bit old. You know, um, they, they have talent. Derek, Derek Carr is, well, if I had use one word to describe Derek Carr, it would be coward. And that's not a great leader of your team. Uh, I just, <laughs> you think? <laughs> right. Um, if the Raiders had a completely healthy offensive line, if, every, if, if, every, if everything was going, they have the ability to be nasty and play nasty football. And the Steelers are a mentally, I don't want to use the word weak, but they are fragile team defensively at this point. So a few good things. I, I would be very concerned if I thought the Raiders can maul the Steelers. I don't think they're going to be able to. So, so no, the Steelers aren't going to blow them out, but I think it could be a classic Steelers blowout where we might win the game by nine points, 12 points, save the old tickers. <laughs> I have a trademark uh, on that term, Steelers blowout, by the way. Um, <laughs> so, I'll send you your two, two and a half bits <laughs> in the mail. Oh, thanks, man. I appreciate it. Uh, Perch, you, I mean, you all started with your score earlier, so maybe you, maybe you, uh, or I was FC, I guess, 34 24. Um, Perch, what do you, uh, I mean, am I closer than, closer than we like for this game? Like, is it going to come down to the, you know, end of the fourth quarter? Boy, I, I think, or I hope, I don't know which it is, that the loss from the last two weeks, really has this team maybe dialed in a little bit more than we've seen in past trips to Oakland where the Steelers were big favorites. They came off two or three wins in a row, went out there and just fell flat on their face. They're fighting for their playoff lives at this point. If they lose and Baltimore wins, we're suddenly losing the division and, and maybe not making the playoffs. So I, I think that that much just and the bad taste of how they lost the last two weeks at the end, I think it brings a pretty focused football team into town Oakland's defense is tragically bad. Uh, really, they are. And <laughs> Derek Carr is a folding coward. Uh, if you get a little heat on him, I mean, honestly, there's not a check down he, or a throwaway that he, he's never met that he didn't fall in love with. Uh, he won't stretch the field. I mean, seriously, he'll start seeing ghosts and, and taking a seat for no good reason. If Keith Butler dials up that pass rush and they get home and whack him a few times early, that tends folding on its own, man. It's like press a button and there it goes. So, uh, the, but this team we saw the last two weeks, they dominated two games and lost them both. Strange shit seems to happen to them that I don't see happen to a lot of other teams. So it's just so hard to explain. So they may go out and win this game by 30. They may lose by three. It may be somewhere in between. <laughs> it's just, it's Steeler football. We know that it's probably going to be closer than it should be at the end. I just think that, the gap between the talent, the two teams, what they both have to play for, and the focus that I think the Steelers will have this week. I, I'm calling 34-24. I think that they win. They give up a couple of stupid plays they shouldn't have. But even with that, the gap between the two teams is big enough. They still win by 10. Yeah, I mean, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a little concerned. I feel like the Raiders are, 
they're in that stage of the uh, you know the losing season where you compete for a, a top five draft pick. Um, but you know, towards the end of the season, eh, they get it together a little bit. They 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 show some pride. They they put some solid efforts out there. As FC say, they they play hard for their coach. Whatever. Uh, you get down to that end of the season there, where they can they can make a lot of games close, even if they're not going to win them. Um, you know, maybe not good enough to win this game. But I'm, uh, you know, especially in light of the fact of the history um, that that you know Ben has with these with this, in Oakland, particularly uh, where he's arguably had you know some well, some the only place in the AFC. It's the only place in the AFC he's never won a game. I can't see Ben going his entire career without winning at Oakland. In Oakland, as bad as they've been, um, even you know the Steelers only win what forty percent of the time on the road in the West Coast. We're not going to go in four against the AFC West, I would hope. So, just yeah. just the law of averages, they've got to, they've got to win this one, right? Yeah, he played he played actually well there in two thousand twelve. He had uh, three hundred eighty four yards passing, uh, four touchdowns, no interceptions, one hundred twenty three uh, passer rating. So it's not like he's it's not like he's always gone out there and just dumped it. But his, I, the Rangers found a way to lose. Find something like ten players off the street since the season started. They weren't even there for camp. So, I mean, it's just a hodgepodge of a team. I don't think Gruden has a real good idea what the hell he's doing. You know, Tomlin doesn't want to lose to a guy he used to work for. I just, I, I, I can't see him blowing this one. <laughs> I felt confident until I heard you say that. I just feel like every week we we have at least one quote on the show where you're like later like, oh, that was. Shouldn't have said that, uh, <laughs> for sure. Um, so FC, in terms of in terms of matchups, um, I wanted to talk for a second about uh, the Steelers' defensive line and their front in general, uh, and the way that they've been performing the last few weeks. It seems like to it back, Hargrave's playing at a much higher level than he played a year ago, um, and you know, I'm just I kind of get the feeling that some things have solidified and they seem to be doing better. A guy that seems to be kind of a little absent more than he like, – I mean, maybe we just – the expectations were too high after last year, but you think Cameron Hayward is playing at the same kind of level he was a year ago, two years ago? I think he's asked to do a whole lot. Um, it's The Steelers' biggest problem on the defensive line is they're one body short. I like LT Walton. He ain't good enough. Um, Alu Alu ain't good enough. Uh, it, they, it would be nice if we had one more guy. Um, I think that at times the Steelers would like to say, fuck it, and we're going to two-gap. They really can't do it with Hayward. I mean, he tries. But for there to be the movement front and to be asked to do the things that he was asked to do coming into the year, I think that he's probably a little bit lighter in the pants than he was previous two seasons, and that's by design. It's they, they, we, we are a stunning movement defensive line, far more than the days of Casey Hampton and Brett Keese on Aaron Smith where we had two-gap. I think the series would like the two-gap at times, but it's, it's difficult to do whenever you have, you know, Hargrave, who's not a classic two-gap defensive tackle despite the size of his Tukas, which is he got a big ass boy. Ooh, <laughs> I was just like, I like that's the one thing. I was like in the Chargers game. I was like, God, is he a large lad? But he really doesn't anchor that well. So it's 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 he's a movement player. That's what he likes to do. He's an attacking player, and he and he he's he does a, a good job at that. If 
the Steelers had another just war daddy that they could plug in, and it doesn't just to play their on. I, I mean, everybody's looking for one. Don't get me wrong. I think that this defensive front could be phenomenal. T.J. Watt and Bud Dupree both are playing dinged. I don't want to say significantly dinged, but they played hard. They played well. I have no problems, actually, with the Steelers' front seven. Um, do they match up well with with the Raiders? Sort of. I mean, what are you going to get out of Gabe Jackson? You know, um, what are you going to get out of Osemele? You yeah, know, what's, um, what's funny too is their their skill player, their skill position players are you know you take away uh, Amari Cooper and uh, you know they're the running backs that they wanted to be using at the beginning. When do we the bring up Martavius Bryant? Also gone, right? So right. sure, bring him up now. You know, do we do we miss him? Yeah, is he is he any good now? Probably not. <laughs> Correct. I mean, he can, I, he's, he can still run. <laughs> run, right. Forrest, run. You need someone to throw you the ball. And Cowardly Lion isn't always up for <laughs> taking the shot. Cowardly Lion. Oh, my goodness. Perch, uh, you got anything else to say about this matchup that we should know before we – because we, we've talked about all the stuff that's sort of related to the situation <laughs> – we haven't really talked about this team. I just have a feeling that you know the Raiders are going to throw another uh, couple, you know, couple of random wide receivers we've never heard of before who are going to go off this weekend. Like they, that just seems to be the theme. When the play the Dave Casper and Cliff Branch are coming back. <laughs> I don't mean like I don't mean like that. I mean um, who's that kid? Uh, I think I want to say he wore number nineteen and uh, was kind of a tall. No, like uh, in the in the. A couple of years ago, when when Oakland came to Hines and won, Andre just like a guy. That, yeah, there you go, Andre Holmes, a guy that I had never actually heard of before that day. <laughs> no, it's, I mean, you know, to me, if, if, if they can rope in Jordy Nelson, which you know, in his advanced age, he doesn't quite have quite the. I, I think Joe Hayden, that's a good matchup for him, and then limit Cook, you know, the tight end. Those are the two guys. If if they can hold those two guys in check, I'm not too afraid of the Raiders' run game. Uh, not you know, not too afraid of the uh, the Raiders' secondary weapons. I mean, that was a team that was relying on Martavis Bryant to come in and, and, and be you know one of their primary guys, and he's not really played all year. He's he's out on injured still. Uh, it, it just the team's a mess, and their defense is bad. Uh, it, and it's you know we talked about hey we're going to be playing some running backs and fumble. That's the way the Steelers lose the game really. Get beat a couple times deep on on some long throws and give up cheap touchdowns and have turnovers. Ben throw a stupid interception, fumble, or have the running backs fumble. That's how you get beat. If they eliminate that shit, there's no way that they should lose this game. But as we know, Steeler fans, crazy shit happens every single week. It doesn't happen in any other game you watch from high school to Pop Warner to college to NFL to CFL to XFL. It only happens to the Steelers. Well, I'll throw a name out there that hasn't been mentioned, uh, one, one last one, and that is uh, Jalen Richard. So Jalen Richard was their sort of, uh, you know, change of pace, third down back they like to use. Uh, and he had like, I've forgotten exactly, he had like uh, nine carries for 100, or 100 yards last week or something like that. Um, he, 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 they use him, and he's a similar guy to uh, Philip Lindsay, which concerns me. Uh, because I'm sure they took a look at that film against Denver and they were like, oh, well, we have a guy like that. Why don't we try to get him in some space? 
and see what he can do against this defense. So to me, that would be a, a thing to watch out for. I, I generally agree with you guys that they don't they don't really have the talent to match up, especially in a sort of an attrition kind of a game. But it wouldn't shock me if uh, the combination of the Steelers going west into a place where they haven't always played that well and, um, you know, a lot of stuff to think about the last few weeks. In a way, I feel like the Steelers might come out and, and over try instead of just playing their game. Um, so a little bit of a concern. Anyway, I'll end this segment, Perch, by saying in a week and a half, Central Florida, uh, it'll be the two-year anniversary of their last loss since when they played five top 25 teams. And the year before that, they were six and seven. They ended on a three-game losing streak, and since then have won 26 in a row. So that's a – I don't know that guy, Scott Frost, how long can he possibly stay at UCF? <laughs> there's there's got to be a job for him. It's a guy that he can, actually uh, – he went back to Nebraska. That's Jeff Brom. Oh, now that oh that's right. UCF, and no, no, he you're turned right. down Purdue to stay at UCF. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Sorry, I stand corrected. That's right. I forgot about that happened last year. Anyway, all right, Jess. Well, that uh, that brings us to our around the league pick segment. I wonder if we can come up with a sponsor this week. Sponsored by, brought to you by Mike Pereira, Dean Blandino, Roger the Clown, Akeem Talib's mom, Chico's Bail Bonds, and uh, we'll call lens, crafters. lens crafters. Lens crafters. <laughs> <laughs> Lasix <laughs> surgery. Yeah, uh, that's pretty good. Actually, I think we might add. We might just have to add Bill Vinovich. It's either add Bill Vinovich or add headlinesman Phil McKinley. But uh, I think we should add, we should hire the uh, the hunky instead of the Irishman. Just a, a thought. Uh, Bill Vinovich can be added to our list any day. Um, the around league pick segment this week. Um, I'm sorry. I'm still. I, I'm just still so angry about last Sunday that I barely looked at, ahead at what's happening. Let's talk about the Baltimore Ravens visiting your Kansas City Chiefs. Um, you know, Baltimore at this point, I can't figure out if they're they're playing to try to get that last playoff spot, or they're playing to see what they have in their young quarterback, so they can determine what to do with Joe Flacco, or if they're going to rush Joe Flacco back to try to. I, I don't know. I'm so I'm so thoroughly confused. I'll start with you, FC. What do you make of this game? Baltimore's a six-and-a-half-point dog at Kansas City. I don't think that the Ravens will be able to score 21 points. Um, and I think that the Chiefs have the ability to score 20 points per half. So I will take the Chiefs, and I will lay the points. Okay. Uh, Perch? Yeah, I mean, these teams are about as polar opposite as you can get, right? Uh, the, the concern I have with the Chiefs, if I was a Chiefs fan, which I certainly am not, that defense is really – I mean, they've got some good pieces for the puzzle. They, oh, yeah, they've got, you know, they've got a good defensive line, a good outside linebacker, you know, good, a couple good guys in the back end. They just give up a league a ton of points every week, and that's probably partially a product of, of their their passing game, putting up so many points that people are just coming out and attack, 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 and they know they've got to try to beat them with 30 points on the board. Um you know, is Baltimore's defense good enough to to slow uh, the Chiefs' passing attack? That that's really what I think that game comes down to. Because if the Chiefs get a ten point lead at any point in time in that game, Baltimore's not going to be able to pass and keep up. So that, it's just a matter of styles making matchups. I think Kansas City at home will get a couple early touchdowns, and Baltimore will get out of their game plan and have to chase 
and it, it could end spectacularly bad for Baltimore, where if they get out of their game plan and, and try and chase and keep up, uh, I, I think Lamar Jackson could have a rough day and, and they may get boat raced. So, um, yeah, I, I'm, I'm taking the Chiefs, but, uh, you know, it's, just, it's a stylistic matchup that can go either way. I mean, the thing I'll throw this to you guys, they, you know, the Baltimore Ravens held the Steelers to 16 points. They held the Saints to 23 they had, uh, held the Steelers a second time to 26 points. Um, I'm sorry, I got that backwards. That's the uh, – uh, uh, they gave up 24 to the Saints, 23 to the Steelers, 14 to the Steelers, right? So, I'm mean, saying Kansas City, they, they played a close game against Oakland last week whose defense is nowhere near the defense that the Ravens have. Even, you know, wherever they sit now health-wise – and uh, motivation-wise, I, I, I'm kind of thinking. I, you know me, I'm I'm total Pat Mahomes guy. I think that yeah, I picked the Kansas City at the beginning of the season. I, I think Baltimore keeps this a close game. I really do. It's just it's like you say, styles matter. Baltimore's style is a style that keeps the games cl- close, even against Kansas City, especially the way Kansas City's playing now. I love their, you know, that Chris Jones and the edge rushers, you know, real nice. That's not going to help you that much if uh, quarterback can run with the football. So I, if Lamar Jackson plays this game, which I think he is going to, um, I think it's a close game. Kansas City wins late. Uh, I'll, we can start a poll on uh, how long it takes before Lamar Jackson ends up in a body bag because he can't <laughs> keep taking the hits. I mean, those running quarterbacks, like, he reminds me of RG3 as a rookie all over again. RG3 was electric, and he was like, oh, he's better than Andrew Luck as a rookie, and he could pass and he could run. Those licks take – and this guy's going to take more, more licks because he's not as good of a passer, and he's, he's probably more athletic. He's going to be just wiped off the face of the earth. I, I actually hope they get rid of Flacco after this year because I can't see him really being a guy that makes it through a season consistently. He's taking, taking just some big shots. Yeah, fair enough. Um, Houston hosting the Indianapolis Colts. Uh, I only mention this just because, you know, Houston is a team that doesn't really look like they have any losses left on their schedule. just wonder if you guys think this might be uh, close. It's a, it's a huge game for Indianapolis. Um, if they have any hopes left alive, which I guess they feel like they do. Um, I'll start with you, Perch. I'm going to say Houston's the second best team in the AFC, and they may even be the first. I mean, the way that they're trending right now, they've got some serious weapons in the passing game. I, I, you know, the, the quarterback, Deshaun Watson, I, he's an electric guy. And that defense, they're better than what Kansas City has to offer. You know, I think they're that's a team that, you know, if they, everything starts clicking, which it has, they may be a, a dark horse, which maybe they're not quite as dark now to actually win the whole AFC. So, I think that they uh, they probably have one more loss in the schedule. They'll hiccup somewhere. I don't think it's this week. Uh, I'm not a big fan of the Colts. So, um, yeah, I, I think uh, Houston wins and covers. Yeah, FC? Well, here's where we diverge. I believe the Colts were <laughs> shut out last week. Um, the Jags, yes. Yes, yes, they were. Um, yeah. This is uh, the old interesting NFL. Um, I'll take the Colts and the points. Um Texas are gonna uh, gonna lose. It's gonna happen before the end of the year, and uh, I actually think it might be this week. I'm not the biggest Andrew Luck fan. I'm not the biggest fan of the Colts defense, but somehow, some way, the Colts will manage. I don't know if they're gonna win, but you know, I just don't see them covering you know more than a field goal. So I'll take the Colts. Yeah, 
in the points. Yeah, gotcha. I, I, uh, I think I'll take Houston. Um, I'm still concerned. I, even in the games that Indianapolis has been winning, Andrew Luck is getting it done with mirrors, man. He, he looks like Peyton Manning in the last year, like the last year or two, not being able to throw the football um, the way that he once did. And I'm, I think they're saying it's going to come back, but I just feel like you get against a team against, like Houston plays aggressive defense, and that seems like a bad recipe, uh, much as it did last week. Um, how about this? I mean, Perch, you're uh, congratulately obligated to, to not pick against New England, but I'll throw, I'll throw this to you, FC. New England is a seven-and-a-half-point favorite at Miami. A – if there's such a thing, it's a trap game for New England. And B, Miami is one of the two or three teams historically that actually plays the Patriots tough and actually even wins some games against them. Um, right. It's their, you know, it's their rival that they, their division rival that they they play fairly evenly with compared to other teams. They they lose twice as often to Miami as they do to anybody else in the NFL. What do you think about this week? For the very reason that the Dolphins have had success against New England is the very reason I think the Patriots will win. I think they'll win by a touchdown. Now, that seven and a half makes it very interesting. I still would probably, when push came to shove, probably lead to the Patriots to winning cover. But I definitely wouldn't put in a bat at seven and a half. Six and a half, I wouldn't. I would take New England. Seven and a half, that one point means the world to me. Yeah, I'm thinking Miami in the points, but I, maybe they want. Maybe that's what Vegas wants you to do, and it's all scripted. Who knows? Uh, one last one, Perch, uh, and that would be uh, two of the better teams. Uh, uh, maybe the best matchup this weekend. It uh, is your LA Rams, a three-point favorite at Chicago. Now that seems like a weird line to me. Um, what do you make of that game? Well, first, I'm going to go ahead and officially pick the Pats to win this weekend, next week. Out <laughs> just... there early, um, Bears are still playing. Even... The Bears are, Bears are still playing a backup quarterback, right? Oh, that's right. I forgot. Actually, I don't uh, know when. I Trubisky think the Rams not only win, and then the Bears just lose to who? They lose to some crap team this last week. The, the Giants Trubisky's in overtime. Yeah. Going to be back. Uh, yeah. No, but Trubisky's going to play this week, though. Is he? I'm still yeah. taking the Rams. I, I think the Rams are just a better team. I think that the the bear you know the Bears have a good defense for 2018 standards. Uh, I don't think that they have a, a, one of those defenses that can really shut down the, the really big time offenses because those don't exist anymore. Uh, so yeah, I'm, I'm got the the Rams, and uh, I think they more than cover that that spread. I think they probably win by eight eight to ten points. Uh, FC. Wow, this is tough. And the reason it's tough is because of Hakeem Spence. Um, it's just a, I am very fearful of the Rams coming to the Midwest, playing in cold-ass weather with the Bears' defense, which is pretty nasty. I don't think the Bears' defensive backs are that great. I understand that Cooper Cup's out, but Josh Reynolds – has been a decent replacement. Cooks and Woods are pretty decent players. Higby, you know, they, and obviously Todd Gurley. It's hard to pick against the Rams offense. I just have a bad feeling about Jerry Goff this week facing that front. Um, everything in my head is telling me to take the Rams because of their explosive offense. Um, I'm going to take the Rams, but I think it's going to be a hell of a game. And I wouldn't be surprised to see Goff get caught underneath a very large Canadian 
Ridge from Regina, Canada. So <laughs> that rhymes with. Sorry, um, um, <laughs> Virginia. No, <laughs> I'm taking the, the Bears straight up uh, to win this there game. You go. Um, uh, the it's unfortunately by by December Chicago standards it'll be mild, but it's supposed to be 34 and sunny at game time. Um, but I I can just tell you, man, you live and work in LA. It makes you soft for the weather. Like you can't help it. You can be you can be from northern Minnesota. You come spend a year or two out here, and it's it's if you miss winter there for more than a day or two, uh, it's it's really an adjustment. And you know, I, I just feel like this. They're a finesse. I mean, let's put it this way: the finesse part of their offense, which is not the entirety of their offense, but the finesse part of their offense, I think, um, will struggle to play at a very high level for 60 minutes. And you add to that, that that the Bears can definitely put some pressure on Goff. And it's the one thing he's, – he's made a lot of improvements in his play and has been pretty damn good when he has time in the pocket. But you rush him in the pocket, you, you give him some pressure, you hit him a little bit, and he's like any quarterback. It affects his play. Uh, I, I, you know, so to me it boils down to if, if Trubisky is back and their offense goes back to moving a little bit, you know, and he can move. He can get move around in the pocket. It comes down to can the Rams win a game where they pretty much hand it to Gurley and and say to the offensive line, you know, you have to you have to beat those guys. That would be a real departure. They don't usually win. That's not really how they plan. So I, I don't know. I'll, I'll take uh, I'll take the Bears straight up. I think it's a also a bigger game for the Bears. Go ahead, Perch. Speaking of uh, West Coast teams, weather coming east. Remember last week we talked about the Chargers coming to Pittsburgh. It was warm and snowing the whole week. I get up game day, open the door. It's like spring. It's 63 degrees in Pittsburgh. Kids are running around in shorts and T-shirts playing ball in the yard. I'm like, what in the hell? All the snow had melted. That, I think the kickoff of that game was still in the 50s. So, I mean, and then the day after the Chargers leave town, it's back to 20 degrees and snowing sideways again. So, boy, did they just get lucky with the weather, man. Big time, because I think Rivers would have folded more uh, under some cold weather there. Sure. Well, the NFL paid off, you know, the people that have the weather machine. That's undoubtedly what happened. Um, Chance, that that takes us out of our pick segment and into our uh, – it's our five-star matchup this week. Well, maybe four and a half stars. It's your Steelers at the Oakland Raiders, the Oakland for now Raiders. Um, the Steelers are a ten-and-a-half point favorite on the road. That just smells like disaster to me um, in terms of betting. Um, I'm going to start with you, Perch, because I know where you're. I know what you're going to say. All right, here we go. So the Steelers will have a fumble in the red zone. I'm not sure if it'll be inside our twenty or inside their twenty. They will throw an interception in the in the red zone, and they will give up a long touchdown pass in excess of forty yards. Now those three things will happen, oh, and they're also going to miss an extra point. Uh, those four things will happen, and they will win, but not cover thirty-four twenty-four. By the way, last week's interception, not in the red zone. Very nice. Damn um, close, though. Very close, though. He tried really hard to get it done in the red zone, but, you know, failed just by a little bit. Um, FC, how do you see this? 27-20 Steelers. Ain't going to be pretty. If this, obviously, by my score, I agree with, with Perch that all those shitty fucking things are going to happen. And, uh, yeah, I will enjoy the win, but, you know, I'll, 
I'm sure I'm going to be a prick on next week's podcast because they're going to do something to infuriate me. <laughs> well, aside from a red zone interception and a missed extra point, I think two of the things we can count Bumble on the, the most in this world. The two of the things we can count on the most in this world are <laughs> you being pissed yeah, off being and being a prick and prick on next week's podcast. Right. That's like it's like a you can set your clock by it. Honestly. <laughs> Just kidding, man. You're the best. It's Christmas time. I know Correct. I can't really say anything too bad about you. Um, at least it's Christmas time at Starbucks. Um, right. I said a lot of what I was going to say about this game already. I, I feel like it's, um, you know, the, I don't know, last week we were talking about how great the Steelers are on Sunday Night Football and how invincible they've been. Uh, and even though they sort of played like that, they, they didn't win the game. So this week we can talk about how bad the Steelers are on the West Coast and particularly in Oakland and how poorly they played there. Uh, and I think, you know, whether that's true or not, I think we'll find a way to win this game. Um, it's, a, you know, it's definitely a, a game that could reveal that this team is just not it, you know. It, it, it's sort of a hinge point for how we view this team for this season. It's able, you're able to look at the last two weeks of losses and the game before that, you know, end of the game win in a positive light if they win this game and look good next week. So I guess I'm going to say they will keep hope alive uh, there in Oakland. Uh, if I have to have a score, I'll say 31-20. Maybe a little bit more high scoring than planned. Um, so there it is, 31-20 for your Steelers. Final thought, I'll throw it to you, Perch. Man, this damn team. Good Lord, they're the hardest to edit. Being the Steelers, we should get paid to be fans of this team. I swear, it's just they got so much stress. <laughs> look up and down this roster. Look, look at what yeah, this should be a, a full-time paid job. At least pay for our medical expenses for, for the, the days and li- of our lives that are taken away. But just looking at you know the AFC as a whole, the Steelers have one of the top pass rushers in the AFC, one of the top passing games, a good solid running game, the best offensive line, one of the best couple quarterbacks in the AFC. The defense can do enough to keep other teams limited. To me, they had one game all year that they really got beat, and that was against Baltimore. They played horrible. You know, Baltimore took it to them. The game against Kansas City, the stupid punt return early in the game, and a, there was a turnover in there, and they still almost won that game. They should. They were up 14 against Cleveland and blew it. They were blowing out San Diego and, and, and had Denver just about dead, and they blew those two games late. This could very likely be a 9-1, and 8-2 sort of team right now, but as it is, because they're the Steelers and they blow stupid things late, they're fighting for their playoff lives. So just to me, they've got to start putting it together. They've got to start putting a, a few turnovers on the board on defense instead of just giving the ball away. If this team's turnover ratio was even or better, I mean, they'd be blowing teams out most weeks. So, you know, Tomlin and the gang's got, you know, three four weeks here to get it right. And if they do, if they make the playoffs and, and have a home game, I think mean, they've got a, a, as good a look as they've had in, in – a number of years to actually make the Super Bowl, but they've got to play complete games. Just the talent that they have and the things that they're able to do on the field, the results should be better. Uh, Mic drop. FC. Um, talking about getting paid to watch these motherfuckers, I think they cost me about $2,400 this year. And uh, that's not from gambling. <laughs> that's from stuff going into my pipe so I don't punch fucking holes in the wall <laughs> or throw shit. Like my remote at the TV. Um, wow. Yeah, Perch, pretty much, uh, you nailed it pretty good there. 
Um, if I had to add something, um, be the hammer, not the nail. By the way, uh, FC, you know, they make a remote for your television that's made of foam. Rubber. <laughs> so, yeah. They, they actually have that. I've seen it. They have like a foam fucking rubber type thing that you put over your remote. So if you're tempted to throw it at the damn TV, yep. <laughs> but just, no, just it's the satisfaction of hitting something with an, a heavy object that actually makes right. you feel better. So um, I don't really have that much of a final thought except for to say, um, you know, it's only you know. On some level, we live and die football. On the other hand, it's only football. Like, don't actually hit anybody in your house, uh, or you know, <laughs> yeah. e even if even if egged on at the hotel. Uh, in don't the find elevator. a pregnant woman to choke. Yeah, you know, don't find a like. Okay, come on. Like seriously, man, we're still. I mean, what's fans. the bitch doing talking shit though? <laughs> <laughs> okay. He was choking somebody first from what I from what I hear. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Actually, Akeem Talib's mom there. Mom was there, and she oh, uh, decided to choke a bitch. There have been bodies uh, dropping. <laughs> Seriously, though, come I on, we're Steelers fans. This is, the, this is the kind of thing that happens other places, man. Come on. And is, isn't that your... the stupidest fighting move, too? Because it pretty much assures mutual destruction. Why would you headbutt somebody in a fight? I'll never know. <laughs> well, at least we know now it wasn't Perch. Who <laughs> <laughs> did the headbutting? There was some doubt before that. All right, gentlemen. Hey, uh, thanks for a good show. And um, you guys are a good show. Well, and... one, I've got one more public service announcement before we go. Please. For all the kids out there, okay? Public service announcement. Kids, after a safety and there's a free punt, a free kick, a free kick means the ball is available. Live. So if somebody free kicks you the ball, it's a live ball. You must pick it up. Part two, on a punt block. If you block a punt, that ball is only alive if you then touch it again, which makes it a fumble once it goes beyond the line of scrimmage. Back away. <laughs> Two things every youth football player should know. You happen Don't to point this out that. on Twitter, the NFL player who happened to not pick up one of those will block you uh, on Twitter. So I did find that out the hard way. So <laughs> just so you guys know, know your role to football, know them at an early age, and if you don't know them, be prepared for people to point it out to you and have thick enough skin to say, yeah, you know what? I should probably know my job. That's all. <laughs> that note, uh, gentlemen, Tony let's Yoles, talk. No. Let's talk after uh, a Steelers victory. Finally in Oakland. It's been a while. Uh, and, uh, and that would be a fabulous way to start next week. Uh, thank you, FC and steel perch and everyone, Steeler fury and on uh, the interwebs and all that stuff. And uh, boo to the player that blocked you. <laughs> on Twitter. Who blocked you? You know Ryan what? I'm gonna say I'm gonna say it here. Ryan fucking Switzer. I'm the biggest Ryan Switzer fan in, in Are you Western fucking kidding me? It's okay, Ben. Hey, come on, Ben's account blocked me. And I'm the biggest Ben Homer apparently. Of the, oh, uh, in, no, she's the, blocked no every universe. every month. <laughs> the, the yeah, she runs. takes that no. shit. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah. I it was. It was one of the Steelers players said something about that, that play, and I just made a simple comment. I said it's pretty bad that the 11 year old boy I was sitting next to on that punt was screaming at the TV. That's a live ball, and the Steelers players didn't know. Next thing you know, I'm blocked by Switzer. Didn't even mention it. So just just throwing that out there. He's got very thin skin. <laughs> it's. <laughs> Pussy. All right. I agree. It's very delicate. It's very delicate skin, though. Yes. <laughs> All right, gentlemen, and I use the term 
extremely loosely after that. Um, I'll talk to you next week after... Uh, uh, loosely is Ryan Switzer's badge, evidently. You have a good day. <laughs> Steelers, Steelers victory. Go get them. Steelers. Christos. Something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right, ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, over by law, 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.